This is Localization Today, a podcast from multilingual media covering the most relevant daily news in the language industry. Multilingual Stefan Hauch sits down with Tetiana Struk, owner of the Ukrainian LSP Linguistic Center, for discussion on her situation in Ukraine. Hello, everybody. Um, hi, Tetiana. Um, we know you as the owner of the Ukrainian LSP Linguistic Center. And I believe you're originally from Moldova, but you live and work in Lviv, Ukraine, and are very active in the linguistic uh, community there. I read uh, you run an annual translation competition for high schoolers, for example, there. And uh, you're also also closely collaborating with uh, universities. Uh, What else should anyone know uh, that is maybe not so familiar with you about what you do and how you got involved in the localization industry. Uh, well, hi everyone. Hi, Stefan. Uh, thank you for inviting me uh, to speak. Uh, I'm in uh, localization, in, not in localization, in translation. I've started uh, the translation business 24 years ago wow. uh, from scratch, absolutely from scratch for a little, little room. Uh, and uh, in a couple of years when my business so to say, grew on local clients, I've decided to look for something else. And then in the beginning of uh, 2000, 2000, probably 2003 and or five, uh, I went to a localization conference, Lisa conference, if you do remember that organization. Yes, and uh, I happened to be the first Ukrainian person at that conference. And later on, for a number of years, I also was the first Ukrainian person, uh, person whom people asked, uh, well, Ukraine, is it a part of Russia or something like that? Is the language different? But of course, now things changed. But at that time, it was. And then being the first, it was a huge advantage. Of course, uh, at that time, I've got a lot of help from companies who were ready to teach us. Uh, so um, we grew and uh, then um, I've decided because we needed uh, more people, we, uh, I cooperated a lot with the universities. I really like it very much. Uh, and we also had uh, a lot of uh, various very interesting initiatives, publishing books with stories of translators, making uh, exhibitions with photos that made made by translators, well, like having fun in the industry. Yeah, things of course have changed a, a little bit these last couple of weeks and uh, actually, the, the reason that we we came to you and, and thought we should ask you about how things are in Ukraine is this heartbreaking post we saw on social media about having to send your husband off uh, to to war, uh, something I'm sure not many localization people are used to. Uh, What can you tell us about the situation currently uh, that you're in? Uh, actually, my husband was not even supposed to be uh, called to war. He is uh, 53, uh, but he has a military background uh, in the social times. Uh, so uh, he really decided, he volunteered 
uh, he came a couple of times to that military office asking him uh, to take him uh, because his experience could be useful yeah. and helpful. And I also have two sons uh, that could be called. I hope no. And for him, it was probably not only about protecting Ukraine, but also about protecting his sons. So, like he told, let me be the first. Yeah. Just probably, probably you won't. There won't be a need for you to go there. Uh, and now, and of course, it's uh, it's something that you never expect to to have in your life because you 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 are not you are not. So prepared, you're not prepared for that things. You don't understand how to uh, to deal with it. But actually, uh, I'm I'm proud. I'm proud of him doing this because that's the right thing to do. And I I really hope I'm not thinking about any other options. I hope he'll be safe. Yeah. Uh, and now he's experienced, so he's it's probably it. Second or the beginning of third week, second week, uh, when he is there, and he understands that his experience was really his his life experience, his not only his military experience. Uh, it's very important. It's very helpful. How does the, how does the communication work? Do, do, are you in touch with him on a regular basis, or he gives you an yes, update? He, Yes, he 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 calls in the morning and in the evening when he has time. Uh, uh, now the things are very busy. Yeah. Uh, so he, when he has possibility, he writes me something, <laughs> sending all this yeah. smiles and kisses. And uh, yes, at the moment we have communication, and it's it's a great relief. It's a great relief. Yeah. So. I I can't even imagine. I mean, it's it gets hectic enough running a company when you're in a non-war zone in a peace zone. But how how is it affecting your life as a business owner? Uh, what is going on right now? Uh, uh, you know, uh, when all this started, I thought that sometimes life life knows better probably for us because uh, in November uh, actually we've started a um, new uh, business family business event uh, company uh, so uh, uh, in the company we have uh, in in linguistic center we have like two departments one working with uh, MLVs and another working with uh, uh, local clients <laughs> so I wanted to have more time uh, for for the new company for, for the new toys let's say uh, and uh, I delegated the uh, management and project management to the company that is located in Poland I don't know it was not like my smart decision or something like that it was just that I had a person reliable person whom I could trust uh, who uh, managed that since, uh, well, in November we've started. So since December, uh, the company manages uh, that um, part of the work. And now I think, well, <laughs> Tatiana, you're so, so smart because, you know, yeah. I, could, I couldn't even plan because we, we never stopped. In, whatever happened, uh, all these continuous localization processes, everything worked with us. Though, of course, a lot of our resources are in Ukraine. 
a lot left to Poland as well. But uh, uh, there are people who are still in Ukraine. And, uh, well, it, it was sometimes uh, hard to uh, coordinate this. But it was, uh, at that moment, it was not even, like, uh, my task, you know. So I, I really um, dealt with all that emotions and all that things we were doing. Because from the second day, we accepted a lot of refugees in our uh, house. Uh, and, like... At the moment, we have only one person left, actually, my employee. She is yeah. from Lugansk. She, she stays here with us now. But uh, the first weeks, uh, the, we had a lot of people in the in our house. And it was it was that that was important, you know, mm -hmm. because, I... of course, business is important. Yeah. But these were real people who run from bombing and... Uh, it was important to care about them. But uh, that part worked so and works uh, pretty smooth. Uh, and the local part, um, we opened uh, office a week ago. So we uh, go to office. There are only uh, three of us now there, <laughs> including my daughter. Uh, and uh, uh, there is a, we opened the office actually because we uh, there were so many uh, calls and letters. People need translation of documents. We volunteer a lot. We translate a lot of for uh, humanitarian aid organizations. We also translate uh, like do arrange manage. Um, commercial translations because yeah. of course uh, all translators need to eat something uh, so <laughs> and me myself uh, I haven't translated for example things like birth certificates probably for 20 years at yeah. the moment there's probably a lot of that a lot of that going on yes. with the refugee crisis right now yes and it's it's always very urgent because yeah. either for example, twins were born, you know, these days, and people need to have documents for them or to take them abroad. So it's it's always urgent. It's so many people's destinies in your hands uh, that we really uh, work a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of people that have fled over the borders, and I was wondering whether that comes to mind for you too. If I think about what I would be doing, I'm just amazed at the courage that is displayed by the people like yourself that are staying. So how how does that decision play in your mind? Do you, do you plan on continuing to, to be in Lviv or do you have doubts? Uh, I, of course I have doubts. Uh, of course I don't think it's a courage. Um, you know, as I said, I have two sons. Mm -hmm. They won't be allowed from the country. Yeah. Uh, so it's a decision. I, I always, and I all, also have a daughter uh, whom we have long talks with that please, please leave the country. Please just go, yeah. whatever. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, but she uh, also doesn't want at the moment to, to leave. In the country, so I, I have to that decision. Like here, you have your sons. Yeah. Uh, here you have your daughter, and it's it's not a decision, you know. 
when to leave. It's not a decision we were taught to take. It's something uh, I always, uh, during the recent days, I, I have this um, very mixed feelings because uh, only two days ago uh, we had the first bombing and it's it's awfully scary you know yeah. it's awfully it's what do you what do you do what do you do when there's a bombing like that i mean it's difficult uh, to imagine and forgive me my ignorance but there's a bomb going off what happens uh you know as for for us it was the first time we go of course we have uh, air raid alarms so we go to basement our basement is pretty much well equipped to to sit there to stay there uh but uh when i first had uh, these days even the sound you know it's such yeah. a uh it's such a feeling of when you feel helpless you know you understand you can do nothing uh, and uh, I, I cannot even imagine what people in Mariupol or Kharkov uh, survived. I saw actually people from Kharkov came to us on their way to uh, border, stayed with us for a couple of days. And it was really, it, it was so hard even to look at them. Yeah. It's, it's a very uh, traumatic, of course, it's not even traumatic, probably it's not the right word. It's a very hard uh, experience in life. So after that, I continued to talk to my daughter. So probably I hope she'll she'll, she'll go. Uh, but uh, probably I, I'll stay because well, it's it, it's always it's I spend nights, you know, like trying to wait. What what is what should be yeah. the best? That's such a choice, like impossible choice. Yeah, it's. I don't know whether you've seen or what your impression is of that uh, on the ground over there, but certainly uh, it's it's my experience that the localization community is a tight-knit community and uh, it has galvanized around a number of ongoing initiatives trying to help our colleagues in the Ukraine. Um, at Multilingual, we've reported extensively on the language pledge Ukrainian uh, which was soliciting businesses to continue to do Ukrainian localization regardless of economic benefits. And um, Peruzi and SmartCat has helped with that. Jan Hendricks from Lokland also organized an artist for Ukraine benefit concert this, uh, this weekend and uh, has now raised over 10,000 euros. So um, I assume these are drops in uh, in the bucket uh, of water for for you. Do you have any specific initiatives or things that you, you think we can do abroad to help? Uh, I don't know, like about initiatives, if because so a lot of things uh, is going on. Uh, we we get so much help now. Yeah. Uh, I I personally got so much support, at least, uh, well, from people writing to me uh, every day, people from the industry. Yeah. For example, I, I have, uh, like, on a daily basis, a person with whom I spoke 20 years ago at one of the conferences, yeah. you know, retired long ago from the industry. He, he, he writes me like every day asking me how, how I am, gives so many wisdom sometimes. 
And um, so we really get uh, a lot of support uh, here. I have some probably, uh, well, reading posts of my uh, colleagues um, and from what the correspondence I, I still read with uh, MLVs. Um, uh, probably, uh, I think what could be done, it's uh, like not forgetting about us, not being annoyed by all this, because yeah. I see that now first weeks were all this, you know, attitude. And now, of course, it interfered the process. I understand that it interfered, that yeah. sometimes deadlines are missed, mm -hmm. but they are not missed because, uh, because we meet them. They are missed because people are in different uh, conditions, somebody uh, sitting in the shelter, yeah. somebody even they are, if they are abroad, uh, they uh, they are not in the perfect conditions, you know, to, to work. And, uh, well, sometimes it's so, well, it's really good. I understand that we cannot, like, demand this from people, yes. But uh, it is good to... to to, to see us like uh, living persons, not just statistics mm. or something like that, uh, not try to probably reduce the rates because we also had this uh, strange letters. Probably some companies think that we are in despair and we will just uh, grab whatever um, we, we can. Of course, we are in despair, of course. But Again, people left their home. Probably they have no place to return. Uh, some women translators living with their uh, children somewhere in refugee camps uh, abroad. So it, it's not the time to probably to take advantage of, of this because yeah. it really, it hurts. It hurts. Mm. And I pretty much understand why it happens. But uh, now when we are on the, so to say, other side, every time, even, you know, it hurts even if you get that like regular message. Oh, uh, uh, I hope you'd have a great rest of the week. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that's... Know? Like what? <laughs> like what? <laughs> Especially in the first day of war, like we were not sure that we'll have the rest of the week. Yeah, I'll be honest with you; it's a little uncomfortable for for on this side as well because you know we've had uh, correspondence uh, via email, etc. And an, a normal email you start with, you know, some kind of a greeting and a saying maybe how you're doing. And I find myself very conflicted asking that of somebody who's in, in a war zone and is getting bombed. Uh, so it's it's very tricky, I think, on this side of the fence, uh, of the fence as well. What do you think we we don't understand very well uh, or, or we, we should understand better uh, about what's going on in Ukraine? Uh, it's really... Uh... Uh, not easy to uh, formulate. Probably um, uh, they think uh, that Ukraine is definitely not a Russia, not Russia, because uh, and uh, though people often consider the like, population very close tradition. No, it, it it is not like a person who arrived in Ukraine. One, 
I was 15. <laughs> so I, I, I saw all these uh, differences, though I never lived in Russia, but still I, uh, I saw all these differences. It's absolutely different attitude to life, to country, to government, to making taking decisions. So it's um, it is important to understand, and it is also as I think it is. Again, it's important to understand that we are not a, a statistics that we are living. We're people whose life will never be the same. Probably, uh, I am sure it will never be the same. It will take time. When we win, yes, uh, it will still take time. Well, half of the country is destroyed, you know, half of the country yeah. is in ruins. And my daughter said she works a lot uh, helping refugees at the train station. And she said, uh, you know, when I understood that nothing will be uh, the same is when some boy working nearby, he asked, uh, where did you work before the war? And that like formulation before the war, it like switched uh, everything. And uh, so it's hard to uh, well, to know what, what you know about uh, the war. Uh, it's hard to get the general idea what what is happening everywhere because it really it it breaks the heart even to read news and i i'm sure that we also don't know all these uh, things uh, what is going on uh but uh, uh still still the more i think will be seen and not forgotten that we that we are not we are people people with uh, broken destinies and uh and I think it's also what I what I thought a lot these days is uh, that nobody nobody now can take what they have for granted, you know, because it it could come everywhere. We are now doing this job in the country, paying this huge huge price, probably for the world, and nobody is protected because. Today you have like your morning coffee, enjoying the nice weather and spring, and tomorrow everything changes like that. So it's it's something that it's good to remember until you have it. <laughs> That's probably I put it uh, awkwardly, but it's something that I wish I knew earlier, so yeah. to say. Do you, do you have any special message for MLVs or direct localization clients outside of the, the Ukraine that you want to part with uh, before we close the interview? Uh, I really uh, want to thank you for, for the support, uh, for this, um, a lot of personal support, uh, a lot of support from companies, uh, and I hope that I'm sure that uh, even now we have a lot of work, but uh, when we'll stand, when we'll win, uh, we'll uh, definitely uh, be uh, the best um, stress resilient you know, providers here because we prove that we are, we are like a, like a people of Ukraine. 
so I, I want to to thank you for really thinking about us uh, and staying with us and not looking for some other solutions because it's really very important for us now here. Well, Tatiana, uh, it's been a real honor. I'm really touched that you made the time in your busy schedule, uh, your dangerous schedule to 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 yes, talk so to us to talk to us today. And um, let me assure you, we're full of uh, admiration for the courage of the Ukrainian people in light of this horrible invasion. And uh, we will look for opportunities to continue to support you. Thank you so very much and uh, stay safe here in our prayers. Thank you. Thank you. This interview can be viewed with video on our YouTube channel, Multilingual TV, or read online at multilingual.com. Thank you for listening to Localization Today. To subscribe to Multilingual Magazine, go to multilingual.com slash subscribe.